Howdy ho, ho, trainerinos! It's me, Ryan Geyser, back again with another episode of "I Want to Watch the Very Best" because "Gotta Watch 'Em All" was taken, as always. So I got a new work schedule. It's it's finally started. I think I mentioned it before, but it's begun. And it doesn't really lend itself to giving me time to work on anything, which is very unfortunate. So I'm going to try my best to do a regular episode, but I might end up doing only three episodes of Orange Island today instead of all four of them. So I'm sorry if that disappoints you. I I just don't know if I'll have time to edit everything together correctively before I have to publish it. Trying my best, though. I swear, I'm trying. In other news, I also finished Near Replicant and Neo The World Ends With You. Both pretty fun. Uh, Near Replicant was wild, and I can't wait to see what Automata brings. And Neo The World Ends With You was pretty good. It, was, it has a very interesting mechanic that I would love to see again in another game that maybe gets to expand on it a bit, because I feel like it was too new of a concept, the way the gameplay handles, for them to really do as much as they could have with it. And they also kind of had to stay true to the original The World Ends With You. So maybe putting it in a new concept and tweaking some things so it doesn't have to relate to the original game could be much more interesting. I like the multiple button feature. They should, someone else should try that. That's fun. I'm sure someone else has, but someone else do it again. Just do it. Anyway, without getting too deep and introspective into my life, um, because uh, some thoughts are going on that I'm working my way through, which we don't need to talk about today, let's let's go into today's episode, because I got nothing else to talk about, so let's go now. Episode 89, Shell Shock! Synopsis. Stumbling across an excavation on an island full of Kabuto fossils, the group sticks around to watch. But when mysterious accidents plague the group, there's the possibility of a greater threat behind the dig. Okay, so we're off to a real strong start with this narration just right at the gate. Well, this is getting to be a familiar scene. Sunny skies, balmy breezes, and our heroes drifting towards some tropical adventure. Announcers never get to have any fun. The group keeps talking about how nice the weather is, when suddenly two boats quickly speed past the group, almost hitting them. Seeing the vessels rushing to an island, the group decides to see what's going on. After landing, they hear a reporter build up her story about an archaeological team unearthing ancient mysteries about Kabuto. Thinking that sounds interesting, our heroes butt in and follow them to base camp. There, they see her commenting on a Kabuto fossil that was fished up recently, sparking all of the interest. Tracy is super excited about this, but Ash seems relatively disinterested. Probably because he's seen a group of living ones before, to be fair. The reporter then introduces the head of the expedition, a nurse Joy, surprising the group. She explains that she wants to uncover the mysteries about the Pokemon's habitat and lifestyle, along with the legend of Kabuto oil said to let a person live forever. She doubts the legitimacy of this rumor, but wonders if there may be some real backing to it that could aid the world. Ash and Tracy rush up and ask to help, Tracy offering his skills as a Pokemon watcher, but Ash bringing nothing to the table but pure spunk. They then hog the camera lens. <laughs> and don't worry, 
right, Professor Oak. I'll do my best to bring back one of those Kabuto fossils. Hey, Mom, it's me, Ash! Hey, Professor Oak, remember me? I'm Tracy. Cut! Get your faces out of that camera! Off the shore, the Rocket Magikarp sub watches the group, deciding kind of sporadically that they want to be involved too. Partly to steal Pikachu and partly just because. The archaeological team sets off, Growlithe sniffing for clues, followed by the researchers and then by Machoke helping carry some of the equipment. And finally, Ash and Co. in the back, where they belong. But as they walk, a shadow spies on them from the trees. Further down the path, the group attempt to walk up a mountainside with a steep drop on one side. Team Rocket also climbs up, one level below the main group. James, you're lagging behind. Yeah, walk a little faster, will ya? Ugh, that's easy for you to say. Well, nobody told you to bring that heavy backpack. And nobody told you to bring that nasty attitude either, but I'm stuck with both. At the top of the mountain leading back into the woods, the Growlithe suddenly starts growling. Joy looks at what they're growling at and assures them that, oh, don't worry, that's just a big harmless rock, tee Which then starts to speedily roll towards the group, yay! They all quickly run away from it instead of jumping to the side, which they had plenty of room to do before they reached the narrow mountain path. But once they start to run down that mountain path again, Ash suggests that Joy have the Machoke stop the rock. The two super buff Pokemon then jump in front of the boulder, stopping it in time like John Cena from the Scooby-Doo movie. They then toss it to the side, where it falls right onto Team Rocket, knocking James into the canyon as he cries for help. They then reach a shoreside cliff, which might have been easier to reach by boat than foot, but whatever. Using the help of Rhydon's horn drill and Machoke's strength, the team gets to work. While digging, though, a ton of boulders fall from on top of the wall, almost crushing everyone, of Rhydon breaking one of the stones that fell just before it hits the reporting team. Investigating the disaster, Misty wonders if this was all sabotage of some kind. But Tracy doubts it, since the island's deserted. However, Pikachu spots a shadow fleeing the scene, chasing it with Ash following. Cutting through the woods is a shortcut, Ash manages to tackle the figure, who shakes him off and wants him to leave this island before it's too late. Everyone else catches up, and the silhouette is revealed to be... some random old guy. Scooby-Doo mystery solved! Yeah! He admits to dropping the boulders on those meddling kids, the news anchor adding a commentary track. Now, a shocking revelation as this deranged old man claims responsibility for these brutal attacks. I'm huh? not that old, and I'm definitely not deranged. I'm just trying to do you people a big favor. He goes on to say that he dropped the rocks to protect everyone by scaring them away. Because dropping them directly on the group, especially on the narrow mountain path with a drop and a contained cliffside area with no escape, is a great way to ensure no one is hurt. Instead of dropping them near the group, or, I don't know, talking to them while you still had a shred of believability? Like, I get it, colonizers aren't generally ones to listen to the natives, but like, at least start with that. The group insists that he tells them what he's protecting them from, so he grabs the microphone from the reporter and tells his prophecy. I'll tell everybody. Hey! That's my job. Hear and heed the ancient prophecy! 
When the scavengers arrive, the moon will glow an angry red. The land itself will vanish and be swallowed by the sea! Swallowed by the sea? What does that mean? If you disturb this island, you will bring about great harm! Misty then Uno reverse cards him and is like, If anyone's disturbing the peace, it's the guy making rock slides! And he's like, Um, uh, well, uh, shut up and GTFO! Another researcher then rushes over, announcing that he found another fossil as the night begins to slowly set. The group heading into the cave, seeing a wall absolutely covered in Kabuto fossils, while the old guy, Umberto, watches disapprovingly. Why he was allowed to follow at all, I don't know. The reporter decides to have an alliterative field day too. This underground graveyard grotto is actually a mammoth mausoleum, a monument constructed by these incredible calcified Kabuto carcasses. Okay, let's bring in Rhydon and start collecting! As they're about to start collecting fossils, Umberto yells at them to stop again before the cave suddenly shakes and the ceiling starts to collapse. When the dust clears, it's revealed that the cave-in was caused by the rocket trio. Umberto warns them to not disturb the fossils, and Jesse's like, Oh, don't worry, let's trade for it, as James tosses a bomb to him. The group proceeds to play hot potato with it, having it end in Ash's hands as he just stares at it like an idiot. Misty yells at him to get it away, so he throws it into the cave wall, knocking down a bunch of the fossils, which are then scooped up in the net by Team Rocket's Meowth Balloon. As they're flying away, they make sure to point out the slowly forming blood moon in the weirdest way possible. Because they're kind of like, we won, yay! Nothing can stop us now, not even that dumb red moonlight over there. <laughs> However, as all the fossils are exposed to the red moonlight, the Kabutos start to reanimate, falling from the ceiling and approaching the group. The cameraman has his camera knocked out of his hands, which is then swarmed and maybe eaten by the Kabuto as the reporter freaks out. Umberto yells for them to run, and they flee as a wave of Kabuto forms behind them. Up in the air, the rockets struggle with the fossils as well, one of them poking a hole in the balloon that causes them all to fall off as the rockets blast away. Reaching the cave exit, Joy orders an evacuation. As her co-workers begin to ask, hey, why? The whole island begins to break apart, Joy realizing that it must have been formed around the fossils and is now losing its structural integrity. The group realizes that the boats are too far away and the sea level slowly begins to rise. Humberto then tells them that the prophecy said to flee to the forest and build a raft to survive. How convenient. With the red moon shining down, Kabuto continue to revive as the research group and our heroes work to cut down the trees and fashion the raft out of logs, the island being destroyed and sinking around them. It's thankfully finished just as the water begins to rush towards them, everyone scrambling on board. The Poke Crew sends out all of their water Pokemon to help navigate the structure safely out to sea. They all rush through the drowning forest, just barely making it as the rest of the island collapses into the sea behind them. After collecting themselves, they look at the giant horde of Kabuto, all staring at the moon, finally realizing what the prophecy meant. 
Tracy realizes that they must have entered the dormant, fossilized state that the moon awoke them from somehow. And Joy wonders if the rumors about Kabuto oil may be true after all. She then approaches and apologizes to Umberto, saying that she should have listened. And now his island's gone. Oopsie poopsie. The reporter then, for no reason, decides to take the high ground suddenly, saying it's best that the world never learns of the Kabuto Island's secret. Despite it not really mattering now, since the island and soon the Kabuto are all going to be gone anyway. Regardless, Umberto agrees and thanks her. The Kabuto then begin to swim away, Tracy theorizing that they're looking for a new place to peacefully refossilize. For some reason. It doesn't even look like resources are scarce enough now for them to need to. I'm sure they'd be fine living. Ash wishes the Pokemon luck, the narrator saying that another mystery is solved, and muses on what the next mystery could be. Man, I love Random Island, old man. Like, there's no other people living here. It's just one guy ready to kill anyone that wants to touch old rocks. Plus, I love the implication that now just... Anyone can stumble upon a giant pile of Kabuto fossils and just be like, now how did these get here? Because a horde of like a couple thousand of these things is just now running around without the chance of an island forming around them yet. Still, it's kind of a cool concept though, and almost a weird foreshadowing of the next movie with the prophecies and everything. But outside of the concept and the last couple of minutes, it's another kind of middle of the road episode. But do you think we can fix it with the next episode? Well, let's find out with episode 90, Stage Fight. Synopsis. Watching a show featuring talking Pokemon, the group learned the trick behind it and agreed to help a girl who's struggling with her partner Pokemon. Also, disclosure. This is another banned episode due to Jinx being in it, so sorry if the audio of the clip is a bit crustier than normal. Continuing to wander aimlessly through the Orange Archipelago, the group is attracted by a clown to a showboat, which hosts a performance where all of the actors are Pokemon. Cutting to the show, we see the Pokemon performing what is basically Rocky. A Hitmonchan is struggling in a boxing match against a Machoke, his Clefable girlfriend encouraging him from the sidelines. What makes this especially interesting, though, is that all of the Pokemon seem to be talking, which we'll address in a bit. The bell rings and the Pokemon punch each other in the face, with Machoke dramatically falling to the ground. Then an abra that sounds like Vinnie Vine Sauce's meat begins to count down. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Hitmonchan is the winner. Hurrah! The audience applauds the performance. Ash snidely remarking that Meowth doesn't seem to be the only talking Pokemon around, Tracy agreeing at how amazing it all is. Misty then notices that Togepi seems to have wandered off, and Ash notices them wandering backstage. The little babby attempts to run out onto the main stage, but Misty catches it just in time. Ash then points out some people on microphones staring out a window that leads to the stage. The show continues its bittersweet ending, and our heroes see that it was some human voice actor speaking for the Pokemon the whole time, with the Pokemon actors just using pre-planned lip flaps. As the three all remark how impressive of a trick it is, a girl, Kay, rushes over and whisper yells for them to be quiet! 
She then notices Pikachu and asks if it belongs to Ash. After he confirms this, she cryptically remarks that it must be nice for them to be close. Just as the show reaches its finale, all of the Pokemon doing a little jig on stage. There's also a jinx, which, once again, the reason the episode's banned. A man then comes up to Kay and asks to have her Raichu join the finale, and she semi-enthusiastically agrees. Calling for it, the rodent shyly walks out from behind some boxes. She asks it to go on stage, approaching it, but it starts to get all zappy as a defense, keeping her away. When it realizes what it did, it beeps. Everyone looks on with some pity. Before we cut to some point in time later, the showboat setting sail. Ash's group has hitched a ride, the owner, Roger, saying that, oh, we were heading to the next island over anyway, and that it'd be no problem to take them too. Ash wishes there was some way to repay him, and after some thought, Roger asks for them to give Kay some pointers with Raichu, since Ash and Pikachu seem to get along well. Ash happily agrees! As the showboat continues sailing away, the rocket submarine follows, James and Meowth daydreaming about making their own performing group, while Jesse calls them dumb and says that this is a great chance to get in Giovanni's good graces, the other two agreeing. Back on the boat, Ash tries to help Kay relax around Raichu, while everyone else watches and takes mental notes. Ash actually gives some halfway decent advice regarding a Pokemon's personality and likes, Misty telling Tracy that he's just regurgitating stuff Brock told him. When he finally gets around to the key with electric types, he forgets anything useful and pivots to asking to see the two perform in order to get an idea on their methods. Raichu seems extremely reluctant, but Kay insists. She then begins to recite a poem, but asks Raichu why it's refusing to lip-sync with her, getting closer but jumping back when it starts getting zappy again. Ash then asks Raichu what's wrong, crouching down and gently petting it. Which proves to be a big mistake, as he's then violently electrocuted. Kay runs up to check on him, the trainer saying that, after hanging with Pikachu, nothing shocks him anymore. She then scolds Raichu, which looks really sad about the situation. That night, Kay stares at the sea forlornly. Ash then walks up and stands beside her, asking if she thinks Raichu is afraid of her. She quickly denies this, explaining that, in actuality, she's the one who's scared. She then flashes back to when she first met Raichu. She remarked on how cute the Pokemon was, opening her arms up for a big hug. The rodent, much happier back then, eagerly rushes into her embrace. However, while they're hugging, Raichu gets a bit too excited and starts to shoot bolts of electricity at everyone, causing Kay to panic and throw the Pokemon back in surprise, making it land painfully into the side of a box. From that point on, Kay's always been afraid of getting shocked again. Raichu, sensing her apprehension, acts sad and timid around her as a result. Ash then confronts her, asking if she still wants to be Raichu's trainer. She insists that she does and would do anything. Ash assures her that if that's true, then Raichu will eventually see her true feelings and everything will work out. Someone should tell that to Charizard. Misty, Tracy, and Roger all listen on in mild admiration of his words, while Team Rocket suddenly launches a torpedo at the ship. Everyone is jostled around, with Raichu hiding behind some crates in fear. 
Ash and Kay run to an upper deck, spotting the Pokemon just as the rockets launch another missile. Raichu is launched into the air from its hiding place, Kay jumping up and catching it before slamming into a wall herself. Raichu starts to electrocute the air, but Kay, determined to stay strong, holds Raichu and assures them that things will be okay and that she's not afraid anymore, causing Raichu to look up at her with a newfound slight bit of trust and calmness, ceasing its electricity. While Kay and Ash begin to wonder what caused the explosion, Jesse, James, and Meowth appear on top of a smokestack, dressed as pirates. Only for them to take the outfits off as soon as they jump down. Boo! It would have been more fun to have them dressed like that the whole time. The trio demand that everyone do as they say, or else they'll blow up the ship with explosives they just planted. Ash is ready to attempt calling a bluff, but his friends and the rest of the crew appear behind him, Roger begging him to stop and not put their ship-slash-home-slash-livelihood in jeopardy, Ash reluctantly agreeing. The trio then tie all the groups up, Ash's group in one pile and the ship's crew in another. Misty angrily demands that they not steal the Pokemon, but Jesse mocks her and they walk off. Meowth, meanwhile, looks at his Pokemon hostages before noticing Raichu. While Ash's group struggles to break free, the actors all work together to stand up and walk to where the Pokemon are being held. The Rocket Trio tries to reason with the Pokemon they're stealing, being like, it's okay, just come with us peacefully. The Hitmonchan then noticing the performers approach from behind the curtain. Receiving a signal from Roger, Hitmonchan pretends to offer a glove to shake James's hand, but instead just punches him instead. The actors then begin to live dub their Pokemon, Meowth crying in joy. Leave now or there'll be more of the same in store for you. Huh? Right. You'll have to fight me too. You'll never win. Not against all of us. These Pokémon can talk! I thought Meowth was the only one who could do that! I know what you went through! I remember how hard it was for me to learn to talk you with talk! This is no time to stall down memory lane! Friends, let's show these pirates they can't invade our vessel! Make them walk the plank! While Ash's group continues their escape, Togepi freeing itself to give them some more wiggle room, the acting Pokémon begin to attack, a fire punch lighting James's head on fire as he runs around screaming, the other two watching in shame. James then sends out Victory Bell, who eats him, as Jesse has wheezing use smokescreen. All of the Pokémon in the room begin to cough as they're blinded. Unfortunately, since it's a small enclosed space, the rockets also have the smog wash over them, as do the actors and Ash's group. Raichu is cowering in a corner just out of reach as well. Our heroes manage to free themselves and cover their mouths, Misty helping the actors while Ash and Tracy confront the trio. Weezing is recalled, and Pikachu thunderbolts the rockets, Meryl following with a water gun, slamming them into a wall. The actors are now freed as well, and Kay sees a terrified Raichu. She hurries over to comfort it, but the Pokemon is startled and begins to discharge electricity again. Kay holds fast, though, continuing to assure Raichu that she's not scared. Raichu looks up at her, finally fully realizing that the two can trust each other, and hugs its partner back, everyone watching on happily. 
An angry Team Rocket then stands up and demands to be taken seriously. But Ash and Kay, who speaks through Raichu, prepare to double-team them. Should we teach him, Kay? Uh-huh. Now hear this, you villains! I will fight to the end to defend this ship! <gasps> the trio is zapped by Pikachu again, Raichu following with a mega punch that launches them out the side of the ship. Because, you know, Ash, please don't destroy our home or anything, please. Everyone applauds Kay and Raichu's bond. At the next island, the ship docks again and starts to attract the new audience members, while Ash uses a public phone to call up Oak and tell him what happened. The professor expresses interest in the showboat, but then ends the call shortly after. Kay then suddenly runs up to the group, out of breath. Ash wonders what's wrong, with Kay explaining that Roger can't perform. On the ship, a coughing Roger is unable to talk well, due to the smokescreen from earlier damaging his throat too much. Just as the crew plans to sadly cancel the show, Raichu boldly approaches, pushing Kay forward and jumping enthusiastically. Everyone realizes that it wants Kay and itself to fill in, and she asks for permission to do so, Ash's group offering to help as well, Roger agreeing to it. On stage, Raichu emerges in a suit, Pikachu joining it shortly afterwards, and the show begins! It's kinda hard to match the lip flaps, isn't it? You're doing just fine. Okay, that was a pretty funny dub joke. That, that was good. It's great when you remember that these are dub actors dubbing dub actors. It, it's fun. It's great. The Pokemon then all dance to the opening theme song. And by that, I mean just do synchronized leg kicks. While Misty and Tracy rain confetti from the rafters in a scene that goes on just a bit too long. Roger watching proudly from the side of the stage. We then switch to the ship's exterior, camera panning to the sky as the narrator says that the show must go on. And uniquely not ending on Lapras this time. I am so sad this episode is considered banned because it is such a fun one. The Raichu bonding plot is pretty great and all, sure, but the real fun comes from the concept of people live dubbing their Pokemon. Just, the whole showboat idea is fun, and the scenes involving the craft are great. I really don't have much insightful stuff to say outside of repeating the dubbing joke from, like, a minute ago, so I'll be brief and say that this is a fun episode that's worth watching if you can get past a very poorly designed jinx. And our next episode just so happens to be... Episode 91. Bye-bye, Psyduck! Synopsis. Misty meets another water-based trainer, who says that her Psyduck looks like it might evolve soon. This event comes to pass during a battle between the two, but how will Misty handle it? On the trek around the islands, our group stops for some rest at a random island. Ash polishing the ball, Tracy napping, and Misty playing with the Pokemon in the water. Pikachu, Togepi, and a sleeping Psyduck all ride around on Lapras. But when the boat Pokemon suddenly moves forward, Psyduck falls into the water, where it briefly floats on its back before turning over onto its front and sinking into the sea. Rest in peace, Psyduck. Pikachu and Togepi then panic and alert the group, who take a second to realize what's missing from Lapras. Then Misty suddenly realizes and panics. A girl who's fishing on a nearby boat with her tentacruel then spots a flailing Psyduck re-emerging from the water. 
All the Pokecrew's water Pokemon go out to search, but come back empty-handed. Ash assuring his Pokemon and friends that they did their best, with Tracy coming to a revelation. I'm not worried, it's uh... It's love. Love? I think you hide your feelings. I think Psyduck is your favorite Pokemon. Uh, no way! The fishing girl, Marina, then rows over, asking if the group happens to be searching for the Psyduck her tentacruel is holding. Misty then notices Psyduck's tail glowing pink. On the shore, she thanks Marina for finding her Pokemon. Marina then commenting that she heard someone once tell her that sometimes Psyduck tails glow when the Pokemon's about to evolve. Ash then looks up the evolution, Golduck in the Pokedex, which says they're the fastest swimming Pokemon, which is just a lie since Sharpedo exists, like later down the line. Th that's a blatant lie, actually, Westwood? Westwood, really, my dude? Misty and Marina then both simultaneously exclaim that Golduck is one of their favorites, and realizing the other is a water trainer, gush to each other. You sound like you really know a lot about water Pokemon, Marina. Well, that's because I'm a trainer and I specialize in training water Pokemon. Really? Me too! Me too! No way! Why didn't you say so? I just love the way water Pokemon can float and swim and dive and surf and squirt! I know! I know! Don't you love the cute way they waddle around? I guess I they like talking about water Pokemon. From my observations, I'd say that's true. Here, look at these! I never buy my Pokemon lures, I always make them myself! I make all my lures too! And this is my most beautiful one! Maybe someday I'll capture one of the legendary Pokemon! I'd love the chance to catch one of the dragon types that lives in the ocean! You think we can do it? I sure hope so! One, it's funny how they jump to Dratini and its evolution since no other notable legendary or semi-legendary water Pokemon exist yet. And two, Misty also shows off the lure that looks like her in this segment. And since the Safari Zone episode was banned, this marks the first time international audiences get to see it. Kind of fun. Marina then asks Misty why her Psyduck can't swim, which she quickly tries to spin in her favor, also having part of her line cut off for some reason. How come your Psyduck doesn't know how to swim? Uh, uh, well, yes. Uh, I was wondering about that myself. Let's watch and see how she gets herself out of this one. <laughs> yeah, it sure is a rare Psyduck, but if you really want it, you might be able to talk me into trading it for your tentacruel. Declining the offer to trade, Marina instead suggests they battle, Misty eagerly agreeing. Team Rocket keeps watch from their sub off the coast, but seem to be having trouble finding the twerps. Meowth says that he wouldn't have lost them, causing Jesse to hair whip him as she then catches sight of them a couple moments later. Misty and Marina agree to a three on three, standing on rocks opposite sides of each other in a small water pool. Tracy gets real horny about drawing the battle, while Ash teasingly asks if Misty even remembers how to battle, since it's been a long time since she has. Which, yeah, I can't even remember when her last, like, real non-Team Rocket battle was. The Princess Festival, maybe? Marina sends out Tentacruel, and Misty chooses Goldeen, which marks the first time it's actually been seen in a real battle and not a, you know, Team Rocket one. Tentacruel uses Rap, but Goldeen's agility allows it to dodge and attack with Horn Attack. But just as Misty is about to win, Tentacruel uses Poison Sting to knock the fish out. Marina then talks about her oddly specific specialty. 
I think I probably forgot to mention that my real specialty is water Pokemon that have characteristics from some other type of Pokemon, too. I get it. Misty switches out to Staryu, and both trainers gush about how much they love Misty's Pokemon, until Ash is like, um, are you guys gonna talk all day or fight? Staryu uses Swift, which instantly kills and deflates Tentacruel. Marina then decides that she'll switch to her strongest Pokemon, Psyduck. Everyone commenting on how much stronger and more serious it looks than Misty's Psyduck. Staryu tries to water gun the duck, but it uses confusion to launch the burst of liquid right back at the star, knocking it out. Marina suggests having the Psyducks fight each other, especially since it might help Misty's evolve. She agrees and throws out a Pokeball, which pops open empty to everyone's confusion. She embarrassedly says, like, uh, oops, I must have grabbed an empty one. Everyone makes mistakes, right? She asks Ash to grab Psyduck's ball from the bag, but he can't tell which it is, so she's like, ah, just throw the whole thing over. After sounding like Bobby Hill, he then has a Bobby Hill moment. Always bossing me around. <laughs> which one's Psyduck? If you can't tell, just throw me my backpack and I'll find it. Okay. Here. Ah! Ash? Sorry, Misty. Uh... Misty manages to fish her bag out of the water, but inside it is also a Golduck's head and the rest of its body following. It also sounds really funny. I love Golduck. Misty glomp hugs it, saying how much she loves the duck and how they're way cooler than Psyduck, and how now no one can say anything bad about them. Ash pointing out that, uh, wasn't Misty the one that said most of those bad things anyway? Tracy continues to insist that it's all love, Psyduck evolving because it loved Misty back. Tracy chill. The Rockets then set their sights on Golduck, subbing forth as the two trainers continue their battle. Psyduck uses confusion, creating a giant wave. Misty orders Golduck to ride the wave, using its own psychic powers to turn the wave around. Misty thoroughly enjoying how Psyduck actually listens to her! <laughs> the wave then suddenly transforms into a giant vortex, spinning Golduck around! Marina asks her Psyduck if it was its doing, but it denies this. The Vortex then suddenly collapses, Golduck falling into the sea, and Team Rocket's Magikarp sub jumping out moments later. I have no idea how they made it a Vortex, because it's never explained. Yay! It begins to rush towards Marina, whose Psyduck trips as it's running. Ash has Pikachu thunderbolt the vessel, but it has no effect, Meowth bragging that they made it shockproof before they continue to charge. It creates a giant wave, washing the Poke Crew away as the rockets send a net to grab something they didn't really plan what. Meowth then celebrates with a little jig. They fish up the net to see Psyduck in Tentacruel, disappointed they didn't get Pikachu or Golduck in this gotcha pool. Our heroes recover in a palm tree, Ash checking if Pikachu is okay. Marina calls for her Pokemon, while Misty looks for Golduck, who appears right under her. Tracy then points out that Marina's Pokemon were taken and says that they'll help get them back. Marina declines the help, though, instead electing to send out her Starmie. Misty also has Golduck help out, defying Marina's wishes of 
them not helping, and it speeds off swimming. Just as the rockets argue over their plan, Golduck appears before them. The sub rushes Golduck, but it uses Psychic to lift up the machine and toss it onto the beach, almost crushing our heroes. As Jesse and James crawl out of the Magikarp's mouth, Marina runs up to free her Pokemon until James stops her. Uh-uh-uh. His team giving their motto. Marina demands her Pokemon back, and the Rockets say, Yeah, sure. Honestly, we didn't really want them anyway. <laughs> and just as Marina is about to accept the offer to just get them back, Meowth jumps up and says, Hey, wait a second. Actually, I say we trade them for Pikachu. Meow, that's a brilliant idea. You do have a brain. <laughs> Pikachu is ready to throw hands, but Ash stops him, saying he'll hurt Tentacruel and Psyduck too if he zaps it. Marina orders her Pokemon to break free, but they're just too exhausted from the battle to do anything of worth. Marina decides to free them herself, running forward until Jessie sends out Arbok to block her. Not heeding her warning, Marina continues to try reaching her Pokemon, Arbok lunging at her. When suddenly, a burst of water slams it into a tree, Golduck emerging from the ocean. Team Rocket sees their chance, and Jessie tells Arbok to use Poison Sting. However, Golduck uses its mind to create a barrier, blocking it all until it shoots an energy ball from its forehead gem, blasting Arbok flying into the sky. The rest of the rockets panic, hiding behind their submarine. But it's not enough, though, as Golduck launches a hyperbeam right at them, blowing up their vehicle and sending them flying into the sky as well. Recovering from the shockwave of the blast, Marina worries about her own Pokémon. She then sees Golduck, creating another barrier, carrying the captured Pokemon out of the blaze, returning them to their trainer. Everyone continues to gush over Golduck, Misty hugging it as Tracy keeps insisting that it looks like love to him. Misty and Marina decide to finish their match, Ash completely bored out of his gourd. Golduck starts with fury swipes, Stormy tackling before it can hit. Golduck is then battered with a quickly following bubble. Misty tries to have Golduck use Psychic, but anticipating this, Marina has Starmie use Light Screen. It's no use, though, as a Hyper Beam breaks through the shield and right into Starmie, KOing it. Misty celebrates her win, Golduck posing as Marina compliments her. Misty is then like, Haha, okay, Golduck, why don't you rest in your Pokeball for a bit? <laughs> and tries to recall it only for her Psyduck to pop out of the ball instead, confusing both it and everyone else. At that moment, a trio of passing girls walks by, gossiping about something. You know, they're like, and they were roommates. Golduck then sees them and quickly scuttles over, posing and showing off to their adoration. Everyone comes to the realization that Golduck was never Misty's. It was a wild one that just really liked to show off to girls. It's just a Pokemon version of Brock. As Misty cries at this revelation, everyone else asks where Psyduck was, the duck miming and Tracy translating that it was just taking a whittle nap in its Pokeball. Misty then realizes that her Psyduck might still have a chance to evolve like Marina says, but she dodges the implication, Psyduck's glowing tail never actually being explained out loud. 
Marina then compliments her skill regardless, saying that Misty was able to win with a wild, fully evolved Pokemon, something that really shows off her talents. Ash then says that her match didn't even count since it wasn't even her Pokemon. Jeez, Ash, come on, let her have this. You don't even have any stake in this, let her be happy. Misty gets annoyed at Psyduck again, Tracy rethinks his love angle, and the group sets off again on Lapras that evening, promising to battle Marina again should Psyduck ever evolve. It won't, by the way, it never evolves. I can't believe they juked us twice. So, while the effect is very much ruined by knowing that Psyduck still exists later in the series, people watching this stuff cold might get goofed on really hard. I mean, first, it's called Bye Bye Psyduck. The last time an episode was called Bye Bye Something, Ash lost a Pokemon and people still lose their minds over that episode today. So just the name enough is maybe enough to put someone on edge at least. Second, the episode does a shockingly good job of making you believe that Psyduck actually evolved. It's treated not much different than the other few evolutions we've seen, where the Pokemon powers up just enough to easily handle the threat of the day, and gains some confidence in the process. That's kind of exactly what they showed here, with the twist at the end kind of snapping you out of it. Part of me kind of wishes Misty or Ash still caught Golduck though, having them come out every so often when Psyduck doesn't beat them to the punch, and having them be like a cool mentor or something to their pre-evo, that could be fun. You could also have them be like a mini Brock, flirting when it's out of its Pokeball and refusing to take orders from guys. That, that could be fun too. I don't know, Golduck was just so oddly charming. I know why they didn't give Misty a competent, strong Pokemon. It's because it'd be like a bit OP and they also hate her, but still, I think it could have been a good time. Speaking of Misty, it's also kind of fun to see another companion-centric episode. I think the last time Misty got the spotlight was the Princess Festival, and that was ages ago. I think that's one thing Generation 1 and 2 don't really do that Generation 3 starts to mess around with, giving the companions a goal as well. Having them just be friends that are palling around is nice and all, but a break from Ash to focus on his friends' battles, contests, gym jobs, whatever, gives a nice break in the monotony and kind of gives them a reason to actually stick around with the travel group. This episode, I think, is kind of the precursor to all of that. You know, Misty is the big focus here, no one else, and it starts to become a bit more common for, like, May, Dawn, I think Silent too, all of the others later. It's a good start. So, this is a pretty fun episode, I like it a lot, and it keeps up the pretty strong streak Orange Islands has had. But will that continue with the next episode, which is... Episode 92, The Joy of Pokemon! Synopsis. During their adventure, the group encounters a very tan and athletic nurse, Joy, <laughs> who specializes in treating smaller islands Pokemon. Interested, the group offers to help. While the gang continues to just sit around and do idle animations on Lapras, they notice what looks to be a speedboat rushing right towards them. But in actuality, it's a very tan Nurse Joy in a bathing suit rushing by at incredible speeds in the kayak, her chancy shouting orders in the megaphone. Tracy's the only one who got a good look at her, but the other two doubt what he saw, irritating him. But, since they don't have anything better to do, I guess, Ash orders Lapras to follow after the kayaker. The trio lands on an island, seeing Joy in Chansey's footprints. Tracy quickly begins to follow them, Ash and Misty running behind him. 
They eventually stop at a tide pool contained in some rocks, not seeing the footprints anymore. I guess it's easier to follow somebody's footprints in sand than on stone. Unless they step in a paint bucket. Tracy also makes some weird comments on how buff this Joy is, despite her looking about the same size as all the other ones. Now that you mention it, she did seem a lot more muscular than most of the Nurse Joys I've come across. More muscular? Bigger. I'd say her arms were a good two centimeters, larger in circumference, and her shoulders about a centimeter and a half wider than the average Joy. While discussing this, a giant magic carp, larger than any of the kids even, jumps onto the rocks. They all stare in awe at it, Tracy especially. While they're confident that it can't hurt them, they also can't really push it back in while it's flopping around. The Joy then approaches them, saying it's not safe to be near Magikarp in this state, since it's running low on... calcium. Nope, not air, calcium. Clearly that suffocating Magikarp just needs some milk. Just as Misty also says that she's pretty buff, the Joy walks over and, with ease, pushes the Magikarp upright and calms it, taking calcium pills from Chansey and giving them to the fish. She then lifts it over her head and throws it into the water. She also blows it a little kiss as it swims away. Mwah. Misty wonders if the island has a Pokemon Center, but Tracy doubts this and asks Joy if she goes island to island helping Pokemon. She confirms this, saying that she travels to islands that are too small for a Poke Center, and helps the Pokemon and trainers on them with Chansey. He then scribbles the world's fastest sketch of her. It's like five seconds. I'll call this one Nurse Joy, the Pokemon's Florence Nightingale. That's sweet. Thank you. Okay. Don't really like the historical implications that has on the Pokemon world, but moving on. After they all introduce each other, Ash has a little bit of a hunger pang. Seeing this, Joy offers to have them join her at the small clinic she set up as HQ on the island, Ash accepting happily. While eating, Tracy suggests that they help Nurse Joy with the wild Pokemon, everyone agreeing because it just sounds like fun. Hey, fair enough. Joy gives Lapras a quick checkup, giving it a couple vitamins and telling Ash that while it's healthy, he should probably let it rest for today after all that swimming it did. The group then ask to help her out as a way to repay her hospitality, Nurse Joy graciously accepting the help. Out on the ocean, everyone in their own kayak, she tells the group to follow her as she takes off at rapid speeds on the water, Ash's group barely even able to come close to keeping up, falling extremely far behind. We then get a montage of Joy and our heroes helping the different Pokemon on the islands, before the story resume once again, with the trio catching up to an empty kayak. They wonder where Joy and Chansey went, Tracy worrying the worst and cutting himself off in a really weird way. How could they just disappear? Hey, wait, what if something awful... Uh, what if a Gyarados overturned their boat and they're down below us right now? Just then, something pink and round emerges from the water, unmoving. The group cautiously investigates, wondering if it's Chansey. But then it rolls back, revealing itself to be Jigglypuff and causing our heroes to scream and rapidly paddle away while it pulls out its microphone. Why Jigglypuff was under the water and happened to pop up at that exact instance, completely ready to sing, who knows. It basically just became Majima from Yakuza. While panting after their escape, Nurse Joy also coincidentally emerges right near them. 
She apologizes, having forgotten to tell them that she was treating a sick cloister, and the current must have pushed her kayak away. Haha, <laughs> oops. Ash asks how she even treats Pokemon underwater, Joy saying that they should jump in and watch her do it. Tracy and Ash then follow her in after undressing a bit, all three of them somehow able to keep their eyes wide open in a saltwater ocean without goggles. Misty stays behind to keep an eye on Pikachu and Togepi, which kind of upsets Pikachu. Pikachu wanted to come too. The trainer and watcher then observe as Joy performs a checkup on a shelter, a dugong doing funny little poses behind them while they remain oblivious. Ash then goes from completely chill to dying as he slowly runs out of air, Dugong making the situation worse as it pulls him into a huggy-wuggy and starts swimming around with that lovable, doofy smile, Joy noticing and panicking. But after a quick commercial break, we don't see the resolution to any of that, instead cutting to the group back at the clinic, Ash resting in a blanket and drinking some kind of mystery liquid. Joy apologizes for not warning him of the overly friendly dugong earlier, Ash forgiving her, him and Misty commenting that her job seems pretty difficult. After Tracy wonders why she doesn't just work at a center like the other Joys, the tan Joy flashes back to her childhood. That was like a flashback noise. When she was young, she found a small, weak Magikarp on the beach. She took it home and cared for it, releasing it when it was bigger and healthier. Sometime later, on a Joy family boat trip, the Tan Joy falls in, but she's rescued by the Magikarp, even larger now. She then decided to dedicate her life to Pokemon, especially ones without trainers, looking out for them when no one else will. Misty asks if the giant Magikarp they saw earlier was the same one, and Nurse Joy confirms this, everyone loving the story. Joy then prepares to head back out, having to make one more stop. However, Tracy strongly encourages her to reconsider as the winds indicate that a hurricane is coming in. Joy then says that she has to, as some baby seal are relying on her, and that she'll be back soon. While Ash and Misty are content just hoping for the best at the clinic, Tracy prepares to set off on the kayak as well. The other two try to stop him, but he's determined, and would never forgive himself if something happened to Joy because she went alone. Ash decides to join as well, Misty reluctantly following. I have no idea what they even planned to do except create more casualties, but good for them for sticking to their morals. The three quickly catch up to her, but as soon as they spot her, a wave knocks all three out of their kayaks. Now having to deal with an extra crisis, Joy tells them to call out their water Pokemon, and she'll lead the group to a small island for safety. Psyduck also pops out, almost drowning as Misty yells at him. Later, the storm clears up as the group rest on the island, our heroes realizing that they just kind of caused more issues than fixing anything. Thank God they at least acknowledge that. But Joy forgives them, and they all plan to rest a minute then head off to meet those baby seal. But off in the distance, Team Rocket decides to enter the episode with only five minutes left. <laughs> There's our Pikachu. Maybe we should launch a direct assault and grab it. Ain't that Chansey? Yes, that's Chansey. We'll grab that one too. Oh. Meowth launches a net torpedo, which snags the whole group, Team Rocket surfacing and mottoing. They also give a rhyming answer to Ash, just for fun, I guess. Why can't you leave us alone? 
As long as you have Pikachu. We three to you will stick like glue. Poesy. Joy envisions the sick baby seal and cries, praying for someone to help them. Underwater, a shadow quickly swims towards the sub, ramming into it and jumping out of the water, repeatedly slamming into the Robocarp. While the rest of the group cheers at seeing that the shadow is Magikarp, the submarine withstands the attacks, and as it weakly but angrily looks at the sub, Joy cries out to it, the Pokémon beginning to evolve. The new Gyarados tail-smacks the rockets and their sub into the horizon, with all three minutes of screen time going with them. The Gyarados then turns towards the group, everyone pointing out that it kinda looks a bit angry and realizing that the rockets may have been a safer bet. It then roars and lunges forward, Ash screaming as the screen fades to white. Only for it to cut back to it snuggling up to Nurse Joy while she pats its head, our heroes falling over in comic shock. Gyarados frees everyone from the net, Ash surprised that it didn't attack, with Misty saying that it still has Magikarp's personality and feelings. Joy thanks it, and then goes on to help those <laughs> adorable baby seals. She then goes back to pet Gyarados, the Pokey crew commenting on how happy they both seem. Tracy then gets all philosophical, being like, well, if everyone treated each other with respect like these two, the world would be a much more peaceful place. Listen, dude, we had a whole first movie to talk about this. We we don't need it from you two. <laughs> you get it, you two? Like Mewtwo, but, but you two? <laughs> Joy then recalls that Ash mentioned he wanted to be a Pokemon master, telling him that he should make his way to Naval Island, where an orange crew member resides. Ash decides on his next destination, and the trio set off towards it. Yeah, this episode is pretty boring, not gonna lie. It just... basically nothing happens in it. I guess it's kinda fun to see, like, a wild Nurse Joy work on tropical Pokémon, but that and the island trainers are completely glossed over. The episode really should have focused more on treating the Pokémon and less on... nothing, honestly. Like, there's just... Very little to even mention with this. Hello, everyone. It's me, Intro Ryan, again, back with a little bit more energy than last time. How about that? <laughs> Wink. So thank you again for listening to I Want to Watch the Very Best. It means a lot to me. You know, etc., etc. Do the follow. Do the tell your friends. Do the stuff I always tell you to do because that helps me grow as a person and a podcast. Do 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 boop. I have no idea how to follow that up, so let me just say, have a great morning, day, evening, night, outside of space-time, whatever, just have a good one, bye. Bye.